Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankelberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. You know, every now and then we talk about how you guys destroy blenders. You haven't talked about that in a while. (laughs) But, you know, we're... It made me think of is that there's this, and you were just talking about your uh, uh, fire pit or Tape, in table yeah. or whatever it is, and 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 trying to find a spare a replacement part for it. It made me think of it's been in the news all kinds of places about this right to repair, right? And right. apparently, uh, Apple set up uh, um, there's space, and I don't know how many stores they put it in, but there's a bench that you can buy the parts, and they have all the special tools. You can do the repair yourself. So yeah. to repair your thousand dollar phone might cost you four or five hundred dollars if you get it right. If you don't repair it well, then you have a broken phone, and you can go buy another thousand dollar phone. Exactly. They're very smart about doing that. I know. <laughs> but you have the right to repair, and they made it possible. Um, right. They're making a lot of laws. A lot of states, like here in Colorado, just passed a law, I believe, to uh, give uh, farmers or ranchers the right to repair their own equipment, you know, their large, uh, heavy equipment. Well, they're getting so many computers in them now, and they're all proprietary stuff. Right, 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 right. So, you know, the question is, you know, what is it they're trying to repair? Obviously, you have the right to repair. If you had your right to repair your Apple Watch, what are you going to repair in your Apple Watch? You know, well, you or, know, or replace is... the battery, for example. Okay, right? you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't either. But it, like, if a cable, if the button, the one button, I think there's a button on. I don't have an Apple Watch, but let's say the the yeah. mechanism of the button fails, right. and the button itself will cost you twenty bucks. You know. But it'll take you four and a half hours to right. crack the thing open and rewire right. it and resort it all right. and not destroy anything else. Exactly. Well, it's the same and with cars. My first car uh, was a late, it was a 1967 uh, Oldsmobile. And right. you could see the engine. It was a big V8. And uh-huh. I think it had, I don't think, it had a required pollution control thing i don't remember what it's called but mm-hmm. it was very small right but, there, but i i mean you set the timing by moving the the uh alternator <laughs> you know or the, right, the distributor right. cap you, you right you had to set the time you had a, a timing belt it was mechanical and, yeah it was very mechanical to set the, right. the, the the distributor cap and you where it was located set the timing on it. right right and, and i could do the I could read the manual. I could go right. to those parts, parts, and I could get spark plugs and wires right. and all that other stuff, and I could right. do the whole thing. Right now, I open it up, and the first thing that any manual tells you to do is get a computer that has the right software and plug it in to see what's failing. Right, you right. Know, how it's running? And like, That's been a big advance. It. Yeah, it's a it's a huge advance, but it also means I can't fix it in my driveway. Well, no, you, it's going to be an electronic module probably, most likely instead of mechanical. And, and I would say that's great that we moving to – we know in general uh, electronic modules, especially that are built right, are uh, much more robust or do not wear out physically oh, yeah. as fast as a mechanical system like that. Rotating timing. Yeah. And I thought, I thought the timing belt idea, you know, in cars you're always supposed to replace your timing belt, which takes a – major disassembly 
process and and uh, you know replacing. Oh and yeah, yeah. No, I've done. But there's but like uh, I had a uh, we have a, a over the range uh, microwave, so it has a vent underneath it right. to do that, and it has a, a tray in the middle of it and the right. base of it that rotates or is supposed to rotate. And now it's right. not. And yeah. so I call the vendor, the company and, and I explain hey, it's not going. And they said, well, did you clean it? And I says, well, that's the only option I had in the manual is, and it's clean and it's seated correctly and all that stuff. And I looked it up on our favorite repair site, uh, YouTube. Yes. <laughs> and, and they were recording it for a technician and, you know, it's, well, you right. pop this out and you do this, you right. pull that out and you check the voltages here right. and here and you see if the motor is bad or not. And right. if it's not the motor, then it's usually the control panel, right. uh, you know, or it could be a button or it could be this. And they were going through this whole thing. And then a great big disclaimers all over it saying, you know, if you're the homeowner, hire somebody that knows what they're doing <laughs> because you can really <laughs> screw it up and yourself yes. quick. Yes. And I'm thinking, well, what happened to the right? Yeah. Well, there's safety concerns. Unplug it. It's inert now. Right. But if I screw it up and I leave right. a cover where this right. microwave radiation is going, right. yeah, then I don't want to do that. Right. So where, how far does this, I mean, I grew up in and around farms growing up mm -hmm. and farmers, the the most attended class in high school was welding. Because right. these guys were always welding something out or repairing uh -huh. something on their tractors mm -hmm. and combines and everything else. But when you have to, you know, the GPS isn't working or geez, these, these farmers these days, you know, their air conditioner is on the blink. Um, they have to drive four miles just to get somebody that has the right tools to, to check it. And, and it's like, that's right. just crazy. But anyway, this right to repair stuff, I'm more interested in how does that affect the products that we make, that we get? How far does that get pushed? You know, do I have the right to buy the new motor for my um, microwave? Right. Or does the John Deere have to provide an app so you can do diagnostics on your combine? I mean, how, how far is this? Exactly. How things? far does it, how far did, you know, is it going to go? And, and what are the risks here too? Like you talked about with the microwave, I've replaced the microwave door. I've replaced some of the things, but I feel more because I'm, I've dealt with disassembling and assembling equipment quite a bit. Yeah. I feel very confident that I'm doing it correctly and understanding the principles. But still, there is a safety issue with somebody repairing their own system if it's not done correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, I always question, you know, I know that there's been a big push to the right to repair, especially with Apple products, which is, in my experience, has mostly been broken faceplate, you know, the Right. Broke glass. Yeah, we both have daughters. <laughs> right. And then the other one is replacing the battery, which, you know, wears yep. out, is yep. inherently uh, going to wear out over time. Yeah. And opening uh, this kind of uh, opening, just, you know, seeing what the procedure is on YouTube, because you can buy and you have been able to buy kits mm -hmm. to do that. I'd say, what a pain in the, you know, but it is to do this. And the chances of you getting it wrong and not sealing it correctly after that, making it less water resistant, you know, essentially making it a, 
a less robust product possibly is just not worth it. Why people are complaining. There's nothing else that's really repairable, I don't believe, in an Apple phone. And as you talked about, yeah, there's well, the, you could the you switches, could, the switches, the battery and the screens. Um, yeah. And there's, and I know they've had issues with different cables uh, because they're so tight. And cornered. inside, oh inside yeah, device? yeah, yeah, inside cables that yeah. they've had issues with it, and there's a long list because they make a bazillion of them, so there's a long list of it. Right, but like, okay. the, but the foldable how much phone that can be really repaired. Well, all of it can be. It's not economical. Potentially, it if you know what you're doing. If it, you know, there you go. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Taking off, unsealing that, you know, melting the faceplate glue to take off the glass. You know, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And if you don't, you, it's going to cost you a lot more. So I well, think so that's, also but that's, that's my technological main... obsolescence comes very quickly in general. Yeah, the phones are slowing down. You know, they, they, they're starting to a little bit. Yeah, yeah but, but my point is, is that if the law goes that it has to be economical, I don't think any of them push it out to that. They're saying no. you have the right to do the repair and you right. have to enable that to happen. And so I'm thinking of a of some products that are like Legos, basically, you know, yeah. I want to, I want to change this blue one for a red one. So I pull off the blue one and I put it on the red one and it's back to right. new, right. Or, right. um, putting the ink cartridges in an inkjet printer or the toner in a, right. You, right. They make it so that you can clear jams and you can add the, the consumables right. to it. Right. But what if they said, you know, like the some ink chip printers now is you're adding a reservoir of ink and it doesn't have a print head on it. Well, what happens if now the print head goes bad? Yeah. Now it's a bit trickier to get in there. And right. But I think part of the gist of this, and I think it started in Europe is that we're trying to divert this stuff from landfill. So if you've got a, a printer or a computer and the battery goes or this alignment goes or something that would be on the order of like a, a replace one motor inside a printer, right? And put it right. back on. So it's $5 to replace the for the component as opposed to throwing away a $200 box just for $5. I think the logic was in that realm is to avoid it from going away, going out right. to trash. But that's not where the expense or the difficulty, I mean, the part itself, you know, finding, I mean, you might have a penny screw that's missing, right. but it's at, you know, at the bottom of your uh, chassis and you don't, you've got to go uh, find out where it is or anyway, yeah, you the mechanical the systems, apart. right, yeah. right, right. And that is, you know, if it takes two hours to do, you kind of, and depending on what you consider the cost of your time, you really, uh, it, it, you know, the printers are now very inexpensive relatively i mean i have this you know uh office jet pro and it was uh, you know i think under a hundred dollars and you know they make money off the ink of course but it's just in general it's just in the design of any product if you make it repairable let's say it's a car right and you've run into cars where the oil filter is in like an impossible spot you you need like the the 15 angled uh, special speed tool to even get the thing on or off right. if you don't strip it. And then they made them out of aluminum. So that if you don't know what you're doing, you cross thread it. Now nah, you screwed, you know, kind of, thing. but it's the, if the design has to be made to be repairable, right. As opposed in, it, it changes the fundamental design. It changes right. the, the, it does if it has to be repairable, but that's, I, you know, I'd, 
I don't believe, I don't know the details of these laws, but I don't think that they're man they're uh, requiring the manufacturer to make it repairable. They're just saying that whatever information about spare parts or parts or tools that are necessary, diagnostics, like, you know, you can go to any uh, auto shop and they can plug in their electronic module into your, uh, the engine's computer. It's becoming less true now with more more electronic vehicles that are each right. one has got a, its own unique set of software and they charge little ship independent shops a fortune for it so they're not going to spend a quarter million dollars to get every manufacturer's proprietary software some of the arguments with are, the electric vehicles it's yeah there's a different standard yeah. okay so there but the idea is is that yeah they can so manufacturers can make it repairable right. so it might not be economical to do the repair and right. I, I think the the trend though is going to somewhere. There's going to be a threshold saying if it if the repair overall time parts labor everything costs you know less than ten percent of its current value. Let's say it's depreciating and it's whatever or purchase price or something like that. Right. There's going to be something that's going to come along and say that's that's the criteria. So instead of you know spot welded or uh, you know, thermally bonded, uh, plastic crimped, all those other stuff that really are not a way to replace a, a motor. Like the, the motor is inserted and then it's molded into place. Yeah. You really can't replace that. No. But if they say, if that motor fails and it's less than $5 of your $200 piece of equipment, you have to allow it to be repaired. And, mm. and so now the design changes in, that's what I'm talking about. It makes uh, all kinds of manufacturing costs and design costs and trade-offs and accessibility and all those other stuff. Well, at, to- at, at, yeah, I agree. If that if that was the case, if they did force manufacturers to say this part of this kind needs, you know, uh, has to be repairable or replaceable, mm-hmm. that would be not only uh, cost prohibitive to the to the uh, well, it would it would limit what innovations can be in the design. I mean, just think of when you open up an iPhone, it's it's a flat, almost, you know, two-dimensional bunch uh-huh. of chips. They're not, you, you can't replace, you really couldn't go in there and replace an IC on an iPhone very well, if at all. I mean, basically you're... Oh, it's so it, tight. It's, yeah. it's so tight, you can't even get in there. So that's another thing. It, it, if you were to force people to have are forced companies, manufacturers to make it re- make it available for repair or repairable. Uh, you really couldn't have an Apple Watch, you know, that's essentially a little solid brick of, of <laughs> electronic <laughs> chips. Right. It's got a touch screen. It's got, yeah, it's got two uh, knobs on it to uh, outside uh, mechanical. So do you, are those knobs so you wind it up? Is that what charges the battery? <laughs> <laughs> Is there an app for that so you can wind it and, and see the power go up? No. Yeah. They, it is interesting how they do an inductive coupled, about, you know, charging yep. for those. And that's just what they're doing in them. Um, but, yeah, eventually the battery is going to wear out. So I, I assume that either which is going to come first, technological obsolescence about, you know, the, the watch will be fine, uh, operate for 
decades, maybe a decade or two. I don't know that anything's there that I can see inherently has a wear out mechanism except well, the battery. You keep banging it into the concrete walls. Well, uh, that'd be a problem. Pretty, they're pretty robust, I yeah. must say. I, you know, I think that they've got it, uh, except for cracking the glass, and I'm not going to try that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't see anything. But, um, so, you know, this is this is a trade-off that the manufacturer is going to have to have. And I think also the consumer thinking that he can repair it is going to destroy it. And maybe even better for the manufacturer. Well, yeah, <laughs> he tries to replace the glass on it and he screws, screws it up. Screws it up and, and has to buy a new one uh, out of guilt, you know. You but know, yeah, that puts it to the landfill. Yeah. No, the, 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 I, I agree with the idea that if you make a product that's reliable, it doesn't have to be repairable, just reliable. That stays out of the landfill. So like your printer. You've had it for years. I've had my printer for years and years right. and and it still works. Yeah, you buy ink, but it it works. And it's been working like a champ whenever right. we need it. And it's so there's And most like, of the time we I keep talking about technological obsolescence and that I think is what drives, you know, the a small percentage I don't iPhones and and uh, smartphones are pretty reliable, except of course now the foldable phone. I think that's funny. I posted that recently again. Oh, I trying, saw that. Yeah, with the I go the Galaxy. Oh my God, now it's not again. Yeah, and 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 the reviewer, the reviewer said there's a crease. It's a very noticeable crease in the middle. And I'm going, well, he says this is just you know blatantly obvious, and he didn't. He says it's a glaringly a problem in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. So why are they doing this? You know, are they going to have a repairable screen? Do they have, do they have to have a, uh, you know, right to repair on that foldable creased screen over time? Yeah. Now just put uh, some paint, uh, fingernail <laughs> polish on top of it and just hide it. You know, but it's the, but, right. and of course then the, the critical letter of the legal document you're reviewing is right under the crease. And so you can't see it. Exactly. But, but why, why, you know, is it going to force, I don't think it's going to force manufacturers to make things more repairable. And you brought up a thing about the motor or molded in and, yeah. and, and that, that is not only, you know, that saves them manufacturing costs. It may save them a lot of other things. Well, the screws don't back out if there's no screws, you know? Right. Exactly. So, so I don't think that, you know, I can't see ever laws getting in that much detail. Um, with, I think the farm equipment, uh, they made the manufacturers release the software that does the diagnostics for the farm equipment right. and some other things that obviously were something simple and easy for the, the farmer to be able to see and, and decide whether he wanted to repair it himself. Yeah. It, but if you know that it's a control panel, you know, and there's use access to the control panel and you can replace that whole module. Right. That That's different. And I'm, I'm thinking of the right. other example is military vehicles. I mean, when I was in the army, this is yes. years and years and years ago, it was like the vehicle, my first car, it was completely manageable by me, the driver. And like, right, if right. they wanted to pull the engine, then a, a right. mechanic with the right tools would do it. And we didn't rarely with these Jeeps that we had ever have to go to depot unless there was right. some major thing. And there was almost no major things on these things. Right. Um, but it was, there were echelons of maintenance and there was different, you know, criteria because of special skills or special tools that they were done at different places. The right. vast majority of everything on that thing 
was that I did. I mean, I could yeah. replace windshields, I could replace seats, I could replace the batteries, I could sure. I did all the timing and tuning and oil change and all that stuff was right. to the driver. And right. and I, it was and I can't imagine that on the new vehicles they got out nowadays. It was Hummers for a while, and then they got something else coming at them. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I know that they probably had to design it so that there was field-replaceable modules and units. You take this box out and put a new box right. in, and you're up and running. Because availability becomes way more important for a military right. vehicle. Right, right. So for us, it's the right to repair for a farmer is critical. If you right. know, The corn's not going to wait. It's right. time to harvest. It's time to harvest. Right. And if, right. I'm, right. if I have to spend two days going off to a repair shop and wait two more days for the parts, I, I need that time is critical. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I understand them saying, "Hey, we right. got to have this access." Right. And it's a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment, and you it's know, a ten million dollar crop. You know. And, yeah, and you've got a thirty-five dollar circuit board that you need to find out needs to be replaced. So, right. you know, and. You can't really drive these things very easily to, to the shop. They're pretty no. big, you know. So anyway, uh, so that's I, I just say for some product lines that makes a lot of sense. But for me, uh, dense digital packaged, you know, digital electronics, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense or inexpensive. Your repair is give us enough money for a new one, and then your repair will take your old one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a replacement, not a repair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they do. I don't think Apple goes in and and, and replaces individual chips in and in a returned iPhone. They just throw the whole thing away. I mean, the circuit board is not oh, worth. No, I it. saw an article the other day that there there's a reason companies will give you a rebate when you trade in your phone. They give you a hundred dollars for an you know yeah an, an old iPhone. And yeah. they can sell it or donate it to the advantage of two, three, four hundred dollars. And they're not reusing the parts. They might, you know, replace the screen if it's cracked or you know one or two things. But there's a there's a aftermarket market that's way more lucrative than what their their offer is to get it back. And to some technological level, they don't. I you can't get anything for an iPhone four. You can't get anything for an iPhone five. I don't believe. I've seen the you know yeah, trade in no. values. There's, there is a technological level of obsolescence, just like the flip phones. Oh, the flip phones are are a high demand for Hollywood sets that are set in, <laughs> yeah, in, in that time yeah. frame, and so you got a market exactly. of three. <laughs> I was watching uh, Death and Life, uh, one of the shows. And it was set in the 70s or whatever. And I'm thinking, where did they get all these old IBM computers and stuff that they had in these off scenes? And old dial, you know, handsets. Oh, I did a webinar this week and I had pictures of payphones. And one of the comments was, where did you get pictures of payphones? And I said, well, I wasn't walking around the street (laughs) looking for them. (laughs) Exactly. So it's... uh, it's you know technological obsolescence is what from from in my view drives most of the electronics into a landfill my yeah. cbd cd players my uh, dvd players now you know and of course the old cas- video cassette replayers are all not because we couldn't repair them but because technology passed passed them by and it's improved so much and well, now you know you can't improve those uh cassette tape you know sets we made for our girlfriends or crushes back in high school (laughs) you can't replace those yeah 
mixtapes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Recorded off the radio, you know. We had a radio station that used to talk about right to repair. These guys would say, we're not going to bleed this over or talk over it. This is our clean song of the day. And then it would be like at seven o'clock every night. (laughs) And they would play. And they would go, all right, we're going to get your recorders ready. Right. And we'll pause and then we'll play. And then we'll pause and we'll start talking again. (laughs) (laughs) Those days are gone. (laughs) Yeah. All those copyright issues. And anyway. Well, we're not uh, reselling it. But anyway, the the right to repair stuff is, it's coming. It's, I think the idea of avoiding, um, you know, we avoid spending $5 but throw away $200 into a landfill. The logic to me just makes sense. It has an impact on the design of the products right from the start. If it gets if. legislated, you have to make it repairable. Wow. Um, yeah, it might cost okay. more. But if I can replace a $5 motor and keep my $200 printer going for another 10 years, you know, I'm all for it. Or replace the batteries or stuff like that. If well, maybe it's got to be economic trade-off. And there's always a balance there. Right. It used to be smartphones had easily replaceable battery compartments. You oh, yeah, you yeah. Pulled you out the, the phone and the battery would fall out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so that was another thing that made it, you know, here you just made an example of something that was easily replaceable. Mm-hmm. And then the phone manufacturers made it a sealed unit. Yeah. And that was good from a water resistance standpoint. It made it much more reliable. Yeah, much more reliable. And, and smaller. And, you know, with the uh, built in obsolescence built in. Well, but yes, you could get it, uh, the battery replaced and I've had that done, but I find when I replace it on my, one of my iPhones, I, I realized only a few months later that it was really technologically obsolete as far mm-hmm. as, uh, the improved cameras, the improved screen, the, the size of the screen, all these other things drove me to, I still have it sitting here. It's a great little computer, you know, hand computer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, iPhone success, but it's, you know, what am I going to do with it? I could, I could sell it. I, I kind of keep it as a backup mm-hmm. to my iPhone 11 just in case, you know, I need to have another phone. I can pull out the SIM card and put it in there and, it, you know, I've got it back, but it's just a, it's sad because I think it's got thousands of songs in it. You know, it's mm-hmm. technologically obsolete, but it's still very functional. It could be used for something, okay. but everything else is, you know, passed it by, just like our computers. If you have an old one, it, it runs so slow. It's not that it's broken. Mm-hmm. You it's used to be and... able to put up, you used to be able to upgrade the CPU package. You know, you could yeah. actually drop in a different CPU. A but socket, yeah. That's not possible really now. And I don't want manufacturers to necessarily have to trade off to make something repairable for me uh, than making an efficient and compact design. You know, oh, we got to let our people get their fingers in here to pull out the, you know, heat, uh, whatever, the fan, you know, say a mechanical thing Mm -hmm. like uh, a cooling fan. That that that's a that's a terrible trade off, and it may make the design less reliable to yeah. try and do that. And, and you know, you see it in industrial components; is those are more often very repairable, uh, and but it's demanded by that market. You know, I don't want this auger system to go down and shut down my whole production line. Right. I need to have a, the spare parts on hand and I can fix it. Uh, right. Kind of thing. So right. there's different role where that's going, but I think. 
it's still evolving. We'll still see more coming about it. And I think it's going to be interesting. So anyway, we'll wrap it up. It's, you know, if you're thinking of what in the world are you guys talking about, you know, but it's, I'm curious though. Is yeah, it, I, are I, you, I dare anybody to try and replace a 0402 MLCC capacitor on the circuit board. <laughs> It can be done. I have seen it done. Yeah, okay. and I have done. It. Yeah, and there's smaller ones now too. You just need a better magnifying glass. You know, they look like jewelers' headsets. You know, with like high magnification and lighting built on a headset. You know, kind of thing. Um, but it's yeah. There's there's always a trade off with skill and capability right. and tools and equipment and design and it, that's never going away. I think the legislation though is going to. I'm just curious if you're listening to this, are you seeing this right to repair affect your industry and you know, where, what kind of things are changing or is it just not in the, in the, right. you know, a big deal for you guys? Well, let us know. Head over to ascendoverliability.com slash go slash S O R. You can find a couple ways to get in touch with us. Kirk and I and the other hosts of the show are, are available through LinkedIn or our about pages. And so we're very interested on this topic, what your thoughts are, or on if you have any questions, we always look forward to interacting with you and, and, right. and answer questions or at least think about them and talk about them on one of the shows. All right. And let us know, this is a really fascinating subject because it is being legislated uh, across the United States for different products. And, and, and do you think this is a good idea or do you think it's uh, counterproductive for for rely in our world reliability in particular? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, Kirk. Okay, Fred, talk to you soon. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. Please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.